Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And did you know that you can find us over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show? Really, if you're not following us on Instagram, we sure would love to have you find us over there. First of all, we don't want you to lose track of Sorta Awesome over the summer. We are going to be bringing you fresh new episodes of Sorta Awesome all summer long. So we always give updates every Friday when a new episode is out. And I want to let you in on a little secret that our best, shiniest, most awesome Instagram posts really come from our sort of awesome team member, Kelly Gordon, who's here with me. (laughs) And I just have to give her credit because Kelly, you always find like the funniest, most thoughtful, just like fist bump solidarity things to share on Instagram. And I'm so glad that you throw those things on there for our Instagram community. Well, don't we all find things like that? And honestly, I think that I find those things because I follow many of the awesome community. (laughs) And so, you know, they feed me all of these good things. They're funny. Yeah. They're tongue in cheek sometimes. And they're often encouraging. So yes, we do love our Instagram people. So do come follow the show on Instagram. We love to interact there. That's right. So just as a reminder, it is at Sorta Awesome Show over on Instagram where you can find us. Also, if you haven't already, just make sure you're a subscriber in your podcast app, wherever you like to listen to us. And to make things even easier, we are in Spotify. I think most of us have Spotify on our devices now, or maybe we have it on our desktop. You can find us by searching Sorta Awesome in Spotify. Super easy way to keep track of us over the months ahead. This is episode 148 of Sorta Awesome. And this June, our theme, I'm just going to be honest with y'all, the theme for June is just stuff I love and I want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) The best theme, the honest theme. I know it's true. I do. I get a little Meg focused every June because it's my birthday month. Right. So y'all have to bear with me through the month. We're just going to talk about things that I want to talk about. And what is really on my mind these days is marriage. I'm so tempted to say marriage every time I say marriage. I was going to say, please say (laughs) it. Just got to get that out. Marriage (laughs) is what brings us together. Oh, the Prince's Bride has completely altered that word in my mind for my whole life. Totally true. (laughs) Okay, but truly, marriage is on my mind these days because in a few short days after this episode drops, 
my husband, Kyle, and I. Kyle's been on the show a couple of times. He's very private, doesn't really like to come on the show, but sometimes I make him come on the show. Kyle and I will be celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. Woo-hoo. So in case you're trying to do the math, yes, we did get married when we were toddlers in the church nursery. <laughs> Totally allowed. I mean, actually, we got married just a few days before my 21st birthday. So we really have grown up together for sure. So another couple that has grown up together over the past 25 years is Kelly and Corey Gordon. Yes. And Corey has come on the show, too, and we've gotten to hear them together. So I have to tell you that I'm so excited to have Kelly here with me today. We are going to be giving you our do's and don'ts for an awesome marriage, even though marriage is not awesome every single day. We've learned a few things. We were doing the math before we turned on our mics. Almost 50 years of marriage combined here. We've learned a few things and we're happy to share them with you. And we're going to get to all of that marriage talk here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start the show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. That moment in the show when we get to share with you about the books, the TV shows, the movies, whatever it is that's making our lives a little bit more awesome. This week, Kelly, I can't wait to hear what you've brought for us this week. This week, my awesome of the week is the Bias series from Smartest Person in the Room, the podcast hosted by her friend Laura Tremaine, also edited and produced by yours truly, Meg Teets, who's sitting here with me. So, Meg, I know you're familiar with this one. You can chime in. I'm very familiar, yes. I am hoping (laughs) that there are many awesomes out there who are like, oh, oh, yes, I know this one as well, because certainly we've talked about it some in the Hangout. It is a fantastic podcast series, friends. If you have not already listened, this is my strong urging for you to go and subscribe if you haven't already to Smartest Person in the Room and look up the Bias series. It starts with episode 29, the Bias series. So the idea about the Bias series is that it is a real life conversation between my friend and yours, Laura Tremaine, and her good friend, Yasmin Dunn. So it's just a very real life discussion about race about what it's like to be black and white in America, about the things that oftentimes we think, but maybe we are too scared to say or to ask, or we don't have the right person to say, hey, what is this thing? I don't get it. It's kind of a messy, sometimes uncomfortable conversation, but it is so good and so important. You know, I was the one who brought the Liturgist podcast on race yes. to an awesome of the week many right. years ago now, I think. It was a very good conversation about race. It was between some black men and some white men. So I feel like this is the next step in that. It's the next evolution. This is a white woman and a black woman talking about race today, which has even changed. It changes so much every year. So some of the episodes are when a black person says it's about race. And then Mm -hmm. kind of the subtitle is, it's about race. Do you believe people when they say, hey, this is a racially charged incident, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing? There's one on well-meaning white people. That one will get up in your business. Yes, yes, yes. One of my favorite one was episode 31, Identity Matters. It has a married couple in it that are mixed racially. He was adopted. He's black or self-identifies as black and was adopted into a white family. So, of course, you know, the time that my husband, Corey, was on the show was to talk about the fact that he was adopted transracially yes. as well. So there was just a lot in that episode that is so good. And then they did a really fun one on pop culture perspectives and like all the things in our culture today that are black and white. They talked about lemonade and what else was talked about in that episode? Well, the movie Get Out and that just like how some of the things that we experience in culture that come from a black or a person of color point of view, like sometimes as white people, we don't get all of the nuance or the full story there and how it can be so reflective of real life experiences. That was such an interesting episode and went to some really deep places that I was not expecting. Right. Because it sounds like it's going to be kind of not fluffy, but you know, it's pop culture, right? So this is going to be fun. But you know, because it's about this deep 
deep-seated, deep-rooted issue. It did go down. I remember there was a whole discussion, if you haven't already heard it, about To Kill a Mockingbird and how Yasmin sees that book. I think at one point, Laura was like, are you going to ruin this book for me? <laughs> yes, she said that for sure. Yeah. So that was a good one. And the one that at least as far as when we are dropping this episode, the one that's most recent was called Wow, There's a Whole Other Side of You, episode 33. It is a super vulnerable, deeply impactful story that was not scripted, Laura said. It was not something that they set out when they planned out this series. It was just one of those discussions that she was having with Yasmin. She had the forethought and approval to press record. And so Yasmin's putting out this very personal, vulnerable story about how a white woman's tears really impacted her whole life. Yes. It's a moving one to listen to. So really, it's one of those things that I want you to listen to it because I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. It's really well done. If you guys, you know, Laura, she does things that are so well, you know, Meg, it's just a fantastic series, but I think it will make you think. And I think there are plans then, aren't there, Meg, to take this out into your world once the series wraps? Yes. I'm not going to speak to that because I don't know all of the details on it, but yes, it is all done with the idea of sharing it and bringing these conversations into circles where maybe we don't normally talk about race dynamics in our country. So right. And maybe into your real world. So listen to it with that perspective. If you're listening to it as I am and saying, oh, I want to know more. I want to have this question. I wonder about this, you know, then take it into your community. Do share it. I mean, that's what I'm doing as well. Share the series. So it's a fantastic series. If you're not already listening, the bias series, smartest person in the room, you could look it up at smartestpersonintheroom.com or of course your podcast app where you're listening to to us right now. That's right. And we'll absolutely link to that in the show notes for this episode so you can go and check it out. So thank you for that. That's been a very deeply powerful and rewarding series to get to work on and be part of production on that. So yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, if you are listening to podcasts or anything else this summer, you might enjoy my awesome of the week this week, which is something that I learned about from an awesome in our hangout group from awesome Jennifer, who I have the pleasure of knowing in real life. She actually brought us a meal, a delicious meal when the twins were born. This was years ago. I've known her for quite a while. Anyway, she happened to mention just in passing in the hangout group that she had picked up a pair of wireless Bluetooth earbuds and she linked to them and I checked them out because Kelly, I don't know if you remember at Christmas, Laura was talking about on our gift guide episode, the end of this past year, that she really loved the AirPods, the Apple wireless AirPods. And I had said, this might be the year that I actually like pull the trigger and get them. They're $160, which actually very expensive. I had forgotten they were that much. I was thinking, oh, they're like $90. So that's why I guessed. They're $160. They're an investment in your audio life, I guess you can say. Kyle actually has some. He loves them. He believes they are worth every penny. So if you have the AirPods or if you were thinking about getting them, go for it. Here's my deal, Kelly. I am not good with things. I am klutzy, forgetful. I do damage to things really easily. Things that shouldn't break get broken in my possession, which is why I never spend more than $15 on a pair of sunglasses. So when it came to like actually getting these AirPods, I was like, I believe they're fully great wireless earbuds. I just know that I will be too paranoid to actually use them because I'd be like, I'm going to break them. I'm going to lose them. They're $160. Anyway, this pair of wireless Bluetooth earbuds is from a company called Treb Lab. And I found them on Amazon. Again, our friend 
and awesome Jennifer. Link to them in the Hangout group. They're $24, which this is much more in yes. my price range. Manageable. If you're going to throw something away accidentally in the garbage, because they're small yes. too. That's the problem with both. Anything that's yeah. a wireless Bluetooth, just an earbud is going to be very small. It is. Now this is the sport kind. And so it has like the little hooks that you can put over yep. your ear and it has a cord that you can do behind your neck. They are meant for like workouts and when you're in the gym and blah, blah. I'm just going to be hundred percent honest with you. That's not why I got it. <laughs> Hey, you have twin five-year-old boys. I dare someone to think that you're not working out on a daily basis. (laughs) Um, And please do not forget our one-year-old German Shepherd who needs a lot of exercise in her life. So I may not be at the gym, but I am moving a lot during the day. And I just like to wear earbuds, especially while I am cleaning house and whatever. One thing that she mentioned about these that she actually was a little iffy on is that they're noise canceling. And our friend Jennifer has a little toddler. So she wanted to obviously still be able to hear what was going on in the house. She needed to. I, at the outset of summer 2018, I need a minute where I have some noise canceling happening in my life. You're like, hallelujah, bring those on. Hallelujah, bring on the noise canceling earbuds. So the cool thing is that these are only $24, but they come with a couple of sets of those earbud covers. And so you can have like this sort of like traditional standard ones, but they do come with noise reduction, foam, ear tips. So it's an option. Like even if you don't want it to be totally noise canceling, you can just put the regular ear tips on. But if you do want the noise reduction, it also comes with that. One thing I super love about it, I actually had gotten a different pair of wireless earbuds that are kind of like Apple knockoffs. They look like Apple, but they're not. But the playtime on those was two hours or something, which is just not super helpful for me. But these Treb Lab ones have nine hours of playtime when they're fully charged, which I super love. You can take phone calls. It has a mic in them. You can take phone calls when you have them in. You know, under $25, even if I do lose them at the pool or do something crazy, because I probably will run over with my van something by the end of the summer. (laughs) Or the dog, really. Or the dog runs off with them in her mouth, never to be seen from again. I spent $25 and they're really pretty great at that price point. And if I lose them or if they get broken, I'm not going to be absolutely devastated. So... Do they stay in your ear? That's my question always. Like, see, I have smallish ears, so, you know. They come with different size ear tips. So you get two different sizes of the standard ear tips and you get two different sizes of the noise reduction ear tips. I guess I just have a super generic ear canal. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not a sentence I anticipated saying today. (laughs) Something that you could list on your resume. Super super generic ear canal. I've never had a problem with earbuds though. I can wear my Apple, you know, the wired ones that come with your phone. I can wear those fine. I've had other earbuds through the years. I have earbuds in right now. I mean, I wear them a lot. I genuinely have never had earbud issues, but they do come with different sizes. So that if you want to try them out, try out the different sizes and see what works, you can totally do that too. So yeah. Okay. So those are the Treb Lab wireless Bluetooth earbuds. We'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check those out as well. Okay. So those are our awesomes of the week. Kelly's still laughing. (laughs) I'm feeling like I can't word today. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Welcome to summer. Welcome to summer. It's sort of awesome. (laughs) awesome. Here we are. I'm sorry, you guys. Do your best with us. Be gentle with us in our average ear canals. We'll be gentle with your average ear canals. <laughs> That's our new motto. We'll try to anyway. It's 1.30 in the afternoon. 
neither of us have even had a daiquiri or a margarita that I know of. Nope. We're just that summer crazy. Okay. We will have links to all of this in the show notes for this episode. And don't forget that every single Friday in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group, we open up the floor for you guys to share what is awesome in your life during the week. We definitely keep that rolling all through the summer. So if you have not already, you can join us over there in our Facebook community by going to facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Awesomes, have you tried to hire someone lately? It can be very unawesome, but it doesn't have to be thanks to our friends at LinkedIn. When you have a job to fill, you might post it to a job board and just hope you'll find the right person for your job opening. But think about it, how often do you check job boards? For most people, it's only occasionally, but there is a place where people go daily to grow professionally and explore job opportunities. In fact, 70% of the US workforce is there. It's LinkedIn. You already know LinkedIn as the world's largest professional network, but it's also a better way to find great talent. Just ask any of the hundreds of thousands of businesses who have posted to LinkedIn jobs over the past year. And because LinkedIn considers skills, experiences, location, and more to match and promote your job to potential candidates, businesses rate LinkedIn jobs 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. 22 million professionals view and apply to jobs on LinkedIn every week. If you're not using LinkedIn for your hiring needs, you're missing out. So go to linkedin.com slash awesome and get a $50 credit toward your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash awesome for your $50 credit today. Terms and conditions do apply. Thank you, LinkedIn. Awesome. Something you might not know about me is that I can be sort of picky when it comes to certain things, including and especially socks. That's why I can tell you that no one was more surprised than I was when I fell in love with socks from Bombas. Bombas socks are truly awesome. And well, they should be. Bombas put two years of research and development into their socks and their honeycomb arch support, seamless toes, and super soft cotton are pretty magical which I realize is a weird thing to say about socks, but it is true. My girls and I have been fighting over who gets to wear which pair from the selection Bombas sent us, and we all agree, these socks are the comfiest and the most stay-in-placiest socks we have ever worn. Something else that is awesome about Bombas is that when their founders saw the statistic that socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters across the U.S., they decided to do something about it. For every pair of socks that they sell, Bombas donates one to someone in need. You can save 20% by visiting bombas.com slash awesome. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash awesome and enter offer code awesome in the checkout space. That's bombas.com slash awesome for 20% off. Thank you, Bombas. Okay, so like I said at the top of the show for this episode, we are going to be talking all about marriage. We're giving some do's and don'ts, some things that we've learned just by trial and error through the years. You know, Kelly, as I've looked back on our show catalog of past shows, we haven't really done a lot of marriage-specific talk. I think for me, I almost get like a little defensive and weird about it because... 
I don't actually like a lot of marriage advice stuff or marriage like self-help books. I feel like marriage is so, so, so intricately personal. And so the dynamic can be so different, not only from couple to couple, but within the lifespan of a couple over time, things can change. Marriage advice, I feel like can be a little bit easy to misconstrue. You can start to feel like, well, this is how marriage is supposed to be. One example of this is, you know, lots and lots and lots of marriage advice talks about how important it is to continue to date your spouse and have frequent date nights out of the house. Well, listen, Kyle and I have never done that. We were married for six years before we had kids, but we were broke, Mm -hmm. never had money to go on, you know, big fancy date nights or even non-fancy date nights out of the house. And we're just homebodies and we just do lots of things that are fun around the house. So I think I can be a little bit defensive about it. Also, we realize that some marriages need professional intervention. Some marriage dynamics and some marriage circumstances need way, way, way more than we can ever hope to be able to provide guidance on in a podcast episode. As we are talking today, please bear in mind that we are speaking generally about mostly relatively healthy people in relatively healthy marriages. In fact, I was thinking that actually is a lesson that I've learned. I feel like when I got married, also very young, I was just 21. I had this very simplistic view of marriage, a very naive and, you know, romanticized, which in some ways, you know, you're in your early 20s. That's just how it's going to be. But I just did not understand how any marriage could fail. You know, like, well, here are the easy steps to fix your marriage. Come on, people, do it. It has taken me some humbling and growing years to say, wait, there are some marriages that are very unhealthy. There are some times that you can't get everybody to change to be a healthy person. And so even the idea that when you were saying exactly that marriages are personal, they're all very individual, and sometimes there are reasons to not stay married. Even that has been a big lesson for me, even though I'm still married, you know, like just even look out in the world and say, there are times when it is wisdom to say, maybe this isn't the right thing for me. Exactly. Exactly. Also, speaking of having realizations over time, I think I'm sensitive to the issue of marriage because I also, I as a person live close and personal to the pain of divorce. As I've shared on Sort of Awesome years ago, I guess over 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, my parents divorced. I was a full grown adult out of the house and married and had children at the time. It was very deeply traumatic for me. As I shared in that episode, the one Rebecca and I did sometime back about grief and grieving, my parents actually ended up getting remarried. But all three of my siblings, I'm the oldest of three, all three of my siblings have divorced. And of course, I've I've had friends through the years who've gone through divorce. So I think that also just, you know, Kelly, in our ENFP natures, we tend to be very sensitive to the dynamics all around and those types of things. So I think that's why we kind of not really dug in and done any deep dive on marriage. So here we go, guys. Just remember that we are, of course, just speaking about what we have learned, lessons that we've learned, and hopefully you'll find some little nugget of truth or takeaway that can apply to your relationships and your life. So Kelly, why don't you get us started with your first set of do's and don'ts? Okay, so I have to set this one up because, as you mentioned, just last month in May, my husband and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. So I was still teaching my college class at that time, and I had a class that I canceled because my anniversary was on a Tuesday. I didn't want to have to be worrying about lesson plans and stuff like that on that Tuesday. So on Monday, I said, hey, we're not going to have class on Wednesday because tomorrow is my 25th wedding anniversary and it'll be great and I'll see you all on Friday. And I started to move on in my announcements. And one of my quieter students raised his hand and I was like, yes, TJ. He said, how did you make it to 25 years? 
Oh, yeah. And I was kind of caught off guard by that. <laughs> I know, like you're just like up there to teach. Right. And- I was moving on to TV news, you know, I was kind of plowing through my announcements. But here's what I'll tell you, Awesomes, is that I had this instantaneous woof, lesson come to me, just clarified itself. And I said to him exactly what I'm going to say to you. Don't think the person you marry will always be that person mm-hmm. because we change. So if we're going to say a don't, that's the don't. Don't think that. Do give room for grace and the continued growth and just continue to make the decision to choose each other, to lean in. So this is probably, it is the biggest lesson for me, I think, in the last few years, because I've realized that as I look back in my past, somehow, somewhere, I got the crazy notion that once you're an adult, you don't change a ton. And then therefore, you know, the person that you marry is not going to change a ton either. In fact, I think in some ways there's such an emphasis, especially in my background, being an evangelical Christian on this, like, find the right person. There's marriage counseling. There's testing. It's such a big decision to choose that person whom you marry. And then it's like, well, now you've found them. Now you can move on into life, which does not recognize that that person could be a completely different person in 10 years. Yes. So I had never thought about that, (laughs) which sounds kind of funny to me now, but it really was one of those big aha sort of moments. So I have found that, especially as we're into 25 years now, that of course you can look back and see changes, but even today we're still changing. There's still things that are happening and evolving for both of us on personal levels. Of course, when you introduce kids into a relationship like this, that just compounds the changing that's going to be happening, how you parent, how you view these children. So giving each other the room and the grace to say, I believe in the core of who you are and that these changes are not going to end us. They're going to build us up and make us better. And then continuing to choose each other, you know, to lean in, to say, well, I don't understand that. Or maybe even I liked you better before. (laughs) That could happen, right? And saying, no, I'm still going to choose you. I'm still kind of lean in to that relationship. And I think if you can do that, what I have seen is there's a tremendous amount of energy and growth because there's not this stifling effect of like, no, I married that that person, you have to stay that person. If we allow each other to change and we ourselves are open to change and to growth, it's just makes for a more invigorating relationship. Yeah, it really does. I think that's a perfect way to frame it is sometimes we hear about marriages ending because things had become so stagnant. And I think what you just said really speaks to the fact that as human beings, we want to be invigorated in areas of our life. And that definitely can and should apply to the marriage relationship. And that that's such a wonderful, hope-filled way to frame that change, Kelly, I think, is that to look at it as a way of invigorating in a lot of ways over time marriage there's a constant like death to the dynamic and then a new rebirth exactly sometimes it's a little death and a little bit of rebirth and sometimes it's like burn it all down we got to start over you know and there's a tons of new growth that can come in but i think that's a fantastic way to say that kind of really speaks to my first set of do's and don'ts actually okay okay so my first one is Don't take for granted your shared experiences. And this is really important, especially when you're going through those seasons where you feel like you're super disconnected. And it may not even be that anybody's changed, but maybe just your circumstances have changed. Maybe you are parents for the first time, or maybe there's a new job that is, you know, requiring more on one partner than there used to be in the past. Whatever. We all find ourselves in circumstances that can put strain on our relationships, but it's so easy to feel disconnected in those moments. So don't take for granted your shared experiences. Do honor and enjoy your shared past. 
A lot of marriage, I feel like, is about what's happening right now. We're in the weeds. We're in the thick of it. What are we doing right now? Day to day to day. What are we going to be doing this time next year, five years down the road? We were looking ahead. But I really feel like a foundation for Kyle and I's marriage, and we did not ever plan this intentionally, but it's just the dynamic that's played out with us, is that we really do have such a shared sense of history together. Not only did we get married in our early 20s, we started dating when I was the second semester of my freshman year of college. So we have a lot of experiences that we've had together, people that we've known. We had some of the same professors in college. Of course, life has taken us into circumstances that we shared together. One of the best things that we did, again, by accident, probably, I guess it was like two years into our marriage. Yeah, that's right. Two years into our marriage, we moved away from family, not far away, but it was like three and a half hours away, which was long enough to feel like we got some distance. And Kelly, I know you guys also moved away from family early. Yep. We didn't plan for it to be that way, but it helps us to kind of like go out and do our own thing. Yes. You have to become your own family unit then. Yes. And we have found even over time, not only the things that we share together outwardly, like, you know, again, having the same professors or living in the same city, living in our little hovel of an apartment. Our apartment in Fort Worth was like a cave. There was almost no natural light. It was not the best. Kyle was never home. He was coaching at TCU. He was literally never home. It was just me. And this. I called it the hovel. It wasn't like trashy, but it was so dark and awful. <laughs> to this day, we laugh about it so much. Even like the things that, where you kind of get crossways with each other a little bit, if you can have a sense of humor about your life and your marriage and your partner, those can even turn into points of private jokes. I mean, oh, I yeah. told the story on Sort of Awesome about the time I tried to pass off. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to pass off barbecue tuna as barbecued pork. <laughs> oh, let's still just take a moment. Oh my gosh. I can't even remember what episode I told that story on originally. But you guys, to this day, even like a couple of weeks ago, Kyle made a barbecue tuna joke. He still teases me about it so much. Now, I could choose to get my feelings hurt about that. I could choose to get defensive and be like, I was trying to be cost efficient. <laughs> Which you were. Bless your heart. <laughs> Bless my stupid heart. We just laugh about it. Another time, one time Kyle and I were on a road trip together and we had gone through the drive-thru at McDonald's. We immediately, like it was one of those things where we were like, we were immediately pulling back onto the interstate and we were in some construction. Kyle was driving. I was in the front passenger seat. I was kind of rearranging the bags and kind of getting everything set up. And I basically said like, well, when do you want to eat? And he was like, really stressed, trying to get onto the interstate in construction. He snapped at me, but we'll eat in a few minutes. I just... Got my feelings hurt so bad about that. And then I just sat there in silence and then he didn't say anything. And like literally 15 minutes down the road, he was like, are we going to not eat? And I was like, I thought, he was like, no, he said something like, why didn't you start eating? And I was like, I thought he wanted us to wait a few minutes anyway. I don't know. It was so dumb. We really got in a fight on the interstate about McDonald's is the reality of marriage. But to this day, we can clearly see that we've misunderstood what the other person is saying. We'll be like, do not try to McDonald's me over this. <laughs> it's become a verb. That's yes. really good. Isn't that even a lesson that don't let your feelings get so hurt? I feel like maybe it's just developmental. Maybe there's no way to help it. But I look back at little, you know, 25 year old Kelly, who was just very prone to feeling about things, to feeling, you know, heard about it. And then, of course, not talking about it, but just kind of stewing in it. There was a very famous incident with us where I don't even know what I was mad about, but I was like, fine, I am not talking to him. I am not talking to him for the whole weekend. So like it was Friday night, Saturday, we did our thing. I didn't talk to him. Sunday, I didn't talk to him. You know, besides like answering a question sort of a thing. And it wasn't until we were on our way home from church, I realized he's actually happy. 
he's loving life. And I started to laugh about it. You know, then I started to laugh. I said, do you even notice anything? And he was like, what? And I said, I haven't been talking to you for like 36 hours because I'm mad at you. And he's like, oh, I thought it was just a really good weekend. So then we started to laugh right away, of course, right? But it's become this continued joke. And every once in a while, he'll be like, oh, are you trying to not talk to me? Oh, my <laughs> Please. gosh. What a horrible punishment. Yeah, right? You do have those shared memories that knit you together, I think. Yes. We have actually had shared memories that we've both lost. We're like, what did we do that anniversary? I don't remember. He has a really good memory. Corey does much better than I do. But we laugh that we've been together so long. We've like had memories. We've had things come into our lives. And we're like, wait a minute. Wasn't there that person? Didn't we go to somebody's house and have sushi? Oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. I'd forgotten about that. You know, it's this knitting together of people that is something that you should not neglect. You're exactly right. And I think so many times we just forget or it's the undercurrent of our life, right? Right. Yes, exactly. And I think over time, what happens is you kind of develop this shorthand within marriage, you know, the same that you might have with a sibling or a best friend that over time, you don't even have to tell the backstory. You can just, you know, bring up the phrase or the person. It's again, I think that this is so important because Kyle and I have changed individually a lot, of course, since we were in our early 20s and our circumstances have changed. We have gone through some long seasons of being disconnected, but we always had those little private jokes, that personal, intimate shorthand between the two of us that helped us. I think it does more than help you communicate. I think it really does help you to remember like we are connected over time. There was a time that we were connected. Even if you're not connected right now, you do have some shared memories. Definitely. And also I think it is hilarious that your INTJ husband was like, I was having the best weekend ever over here. (laughs) I know. I'm like, talk about silent treatment that doesn't work. It's supposed to be a punishment, dude. Uh, He's like, bring uh, it on. uh, Yeah. So I'm like, I have to figure out a new method to torture you. Exactly. (laughs) Talk all the time. I don't know. I know. All right, let's move on to your next set of do's and don'ts. I'm going to start with the do this time. And it's going to sound counterintuitive. Actually, I was thinking earlier when we were like, you know, we are not the marriage gurus for every marriage. I thought this is almost like your girlfriend's guide to marriage. This one is do go to bed angry. (laughs) And the reason I say that is don't underestimate the power of sleep and a fresh start. Yes. And I am preaching this one to my former self as much as to anybody, because in my early 20s, I took many things very literally. (laughs) out of the Bible, probably shouldn't have been taken quite as literally. And that whole Proverbs verse about do not let the sun set on your anger. I was like, that is literal. We cannot go to bed angry. We have to resolve every fight before we go to bed. So there would be nights, you know, 11 o'clock midnight past that I'm like crying and we're fighting and we're not resolving and we're circular logic. And my INTJ husband would say, this is nuts. I'm going to bed. And I'm like, you can't. You can't go to bed angry. We can't do that. It was like the death knell of a marriage to me. And that's so silly, you guys. Certainly, I have learned this from Corey. It is so much better to sleep and wake up. You will be a more sane person. Doesn't mean that the issue will be resolved. You do need to return to it and still resolve it. But hopefully sleep will give you a new perspective and a fresh set of eyes and maybe will renew some of your feelings of love and tenderness towards your spouse. Who knows what the Holy Spirit can do while you sleep, right? Yes. You can have a fresh start and go back and tackle that problem. There is wisdom in going to bed angry and saying we will get back to it because right now all we are doing is flailing at each other with knives. Yes. Absolutely. I think that we sometimes do just need that reset, especially if you're really, really tangled up in the thing. 
you need a bit of a reset. And I can't remember if I've said this on the show before. I feel like I have it. Whatever. I'm going to say it again. It's so funny that you said this because all those many 20 years ago, right before I got married, we had a personal shower for me. That's a euphemism for your lingerie shower. My dear friend and yours, Laura Tremaine, who was one of my bridesmaids, was there. And they passed around a little notebook type thing for everyone to write down their best marriage. Laura's a few years younger than us and certainly wasn't married at the time. But she wrote in that book, it's okay to go to bed angry. And I also just kind of needed that permission from somebody to be like, it's okay. You actually don't have to sort out everything before the sun goes down. It'll be all right. So I'm just catching up to 20-year-old Laura Tremaine. Yes, Yes. basically. (laughs) (laughs) Would that we all had Laura Tremaine in our lingerie showers. (laughs) Well, here, I'll tell you the advice I got in my personal, well, it really wasn't even a personal shower. You guys, you know that my dad was a pastor, so we had to invite everybody from the church. So there was a, one of the showers that I attended was for all of this staff wives. And so everybody, they give the marriage advice and it was like, it probably was, don't go to bed angry (laughs) and other things like that. And then there was our children's pastor who was this grandma of a lady. And she said, well, I'll tell you my best advice. There will come that day when your husband, he's away at work. Maybe you've been at home and you've been reading or something and you haven't made dinner. So what you need to do is just boil a pot of water, slice up an onion and put it in there. It will smell wonderful. And then just meet him at the door with no clothes on. He'll forget all about dinner. (laughs) Almost died right there, right there on the floor. (laughs) As much as I was like mildly scandalized, all the other wives were like, I can't believe she just said that. But oh my goodness, that's the kind of marriage advice I got. That's the one that I remember, though. I bet it is. I bet it is. I won't press the issue and ask (laughs) if you've ever had to use that advice. (laughs) Fade to black. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, my next one is don't think that the way things are right now is how things will always be. I do think that this is a very human tendency. All of us tend to think about like whatever is going on right now, if it's bad, things are always going to be bad. If things are great, things are always going to be great. Don't get kind of wrapped up in that way of thinking about things. Do remember that seasons, we talk about seasons on this show all the time, you know, that's right. Seasons come and go. So you're going to have some seasons in life in your marriage that are short and sweet. And there are going to be some that are long and dark, honestly. (laughs) When we first moved back from Oklahoma after Kyle left coaching and started a career in the financial services industry right at the beginning of the 2008 recession, (laughs) that was the beginning of what we now call the dark years. Like, and it wasn't just one year, Kelly. It was years of really long, hard, dark days. It was hard for our marriage. It was hard for us as individuals. It was just hard. It was just a really painful, dark, hard time, honestly. But we made it through. We tried to keep their perspective. We tried to kind of do the things of like staying connected, remembering the things, you know, that our shared history and trying to find points of joy and appreciate the small things, all of the usual things. And that did help. It really did. But again, sometimes our external circumstances are just going, we're just going to go through a hard season. Sometimes as a person inwardly, maybe you decide to finally go to therapy for yourself and it brings up a lot of stuff and it sometimes In life, things get worse before they get better. That's why that's a saying, because it's true. And sometimes in marriage, when you decide to really face some issues head on, whether you decide to do it intentionally or just whatever, life happens and you have to face some issues, sometimes things get hard. 
I remember a couple of things that helped me remember this all the time. First of all, when we were newlyweds, this was a season of life for me when I listened to a lot of Christian radio. I really liked it, liked the Christian contemporary music. And I was listening to National Christian Radio Station just driving around town and happened to hear they do like these little marriage minutes where they just pop on and give you a little minute of marriage advice. And I caught this one and I have never forgotten. I've forgotten a lot of things over the years, Kelly, but I have never forgotten this little marriage minute said ultimately that it's not love that keeps the marriage together. It's marriage that keeps the love together, Mm. which sounds so cheesy when you first kind of hear it. But truly, especially for people who can be very feelings oriented like myself, it is so important for me to remember that at the end of the day, this marriage thing, this is a big story arc over my whole life, over Kyle's life, over our family life. And that, yeah, there are going to be days where I'm just like, I don't even know. I don't even know. What are we doing here? Why are we doing this? I will always remember that Beth Moore, I can't remember if she put this in one of her Bible studies or if it was in a blog post on her blog. But if you're not familiar with Beth Moore, she's a very well-known teacher of Bible studies and kind of women's ministry person within evangelical Christian circles. I have done her studies and enjoyed her teaching for years. And her husband's name is Keith. And she was in one of her writings talked about how they'd get in a huge fight at the beginning of the day and he'd go off to work and he'd come home at the end of the day and he'd be just fine. And she'd be like, doesn't he know that I left him and divorced him 10 times over while he was gone during the day? It's true. Like we can really get caught in those cycles and that truly at the end of the day, when you are in a marriage, that your feelings are not always going to be there. And again, we're not talking about some unhealthy dynamics, right? Just want to make that super clear. But then in the normal course of relationship, you're going to get crossways with each other. And sometimes it could be over big things. Sometimes it's going to last a while. Sometimes it lasts a whole weekend of silent treatment. (laughs) But that is what you are working towards is a relationship that stands the test of time over time. And I think that it's not what's portrayed in pop culture, if you will, or the books that we read, the things that we see. I think we think... It might not be easy for other people, but it's going to be easy for us. You know, when you're engaged, you're like, but we're different. We're all different. We just believe that. And that's okay. Maybe that's like some of that eternal optimism of youth that we need to push ourselves off the ledge into marriage because we don't really know what we're getting into. Right. You know, when you make those vows, you don't really even know what you're saying. You're saying this is my intention, but I really have no idea how this is going to play out. Right. Right. So what you're saying is so, so true. And I've seen that as well. And I have heard Beth Moore say exactly that thing and other things where the days can be very hard. I think that it does go back to will this person change? Will they still choose me? Mm. Will we still choose each other? Right. Yes. And can we get back to a new, not even an old kind of love? It's not going to be the way it was maybe that very first year that you were either dating or married when everything was just amazing because you're going to change. And the world changes. You can find a different, equally good, but different sort of love if you can stick it through. And so it's just having the wisdom and the tenacity to do that. Honestly, it's kind of that grit sort of level, right? It really is. Sometimes it does take tenacity. Sometimes it takes resiliency on the part of one or both people. And sometimes too, you may just not even feel like you've got the ability to show up for it that day, but you do, you keep swimming. And that's the story of a marriage. 
Awesomes, we all know that audiobooks are a great sidekick for your summer activities like hiking, sunbathing on the beach, running, road tripping, or just enjoying some downtime outdoors. Yep, we awesomes know that listening is a better way to binge content when you are out there being awesome in the world. And if you are awesome, you also know that Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, which lets you fill your summer with more stories like the latest pick from Reese's Book Club. Every month, Reese Witherspoon picks just the right selection to keep you pushing play on your Audible app from your commute to those long walks with your dog. And this month, she has chosen Something in the Water from Katherine Stedman. You might know Katherine Stedman from her days on Downton Abbey, and she wrote and also narrates her novel for Audible. It's the story of a beautiful honeymoon that goes south when two honeymooners discover something in the waters off of Bora Bora that leads them down the path to trying to commit the perfect crime. Fans on Audible are saying this one is impossible to put down. So to check out Something in the Water or one of the many other titles available at Audible, you can start your 30-day free trial and your first audiobook is free when you go to audible.com slash awesome or text awesome to 500-500. That's audible.com slash awesome A-W-E-S-O-M-E or text awesome to 500-500. Thank you, Audible. Awesomes, just because it's summertime doesn't mean that my family has taken a vacation from focusing on healthy, whole foods this year. One snack that I keep stashed all around for my kids and myself is RX Bars. Since 2013, RX Bars have been creating protein bars that have none of the fillers, the additives, the chemicals, or the added sugar that you'll find in other bars on the shelves. That's because RX bars are made with 100% whole ingredients. RX bars come in 11 delicious flavor varieties and listen up as of May, there are three new flavors, mango pineapple, peanut butter and berries, and chocolate hazelnut. Also, RX Bar is now introducing RX Nut Butter, made with the same core ingredients as RX Bars, but the new nut butters include a base of nuts like peanuts or almonds, egg whites, and dates. Those are available in honey, cinnamon, peanut butter, peanut butter, and vanilla almond butter. So whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX Bar for you. Don't forget the RX Bars are gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. Perfect for snacks for you, your kids, your classrooms, your teams. Anybody can pick up an RX Bar and have a whole food healthy treat. So for 25% off of your first order, visit rxbar.com awesome and enter promo code awesome at checkout. For a limited time, every order will receive free samples. The free sample offer ends June 30th, so hurry on over to rxbar.com awesome and enter promo code awesome at checkout for 25% off. Thank you, RX Bars. All right, what's next on your do and don't list? Okay, so this one is a big one because, man, I've been there. It is don't let resentment creep in because truly resentment is a cancer. And I think, once again, a lot of us think, oh, as you're married for a while, this is normal. You start to resent each other. You start to make snide jokes. You start to talk to your girlfriends or your guy friends about this person and be like, I can't believe blah, 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 blah. And it's a resentment sort of a thing. And it really is a cancer. I truly, truly believe that resentment is a cancer to relationship. So do check your motives and expectations, one of my favorite things, and try to figure out what 
is causing, what is at the root of this resentment? And you guys, if I could have known this when I was younger, I think it could have saved me a lot of heartache because I didn't always know where my resentment was coming from. And I didn't know exactly how to get there. You know, I saw that there was something that was bubbling up in my feelings that made me angry or frustrated or sad or whatever the actual emotion was, but I didn't know how to deal with it. And so what I have come to do, and this may not work for everybody, is I stop and say to myself, (laughs) I see that I am feeling something and I try to identify it. First of all, I try to name it. And then I think, what would cause me not to feel that way? Right. You know, what would make me feel appreciated or happy or whatever the opposite of my emotion would be? Once I can identify that, I can usually say, okay, well, that was probably my expectation. Mm -hmm. That was probably what I thought was going to happen that didn't happen. So let me give you an example. I'm not sure this is actually a real example, but it could be. Back when our children were little, there were lots of days that I would let Corey sleep in on a Saturday morning because for whatever reason, it's easier for me to get up. We were big sleeper inners before we had kids, like ridiculously late on Saturday mornings. We would sleep till like noon. We would roll out of bed and go to brunch. Like we'd have to call places and be like, they said we close at two and we're like, okay, we're coming. Don't close. Don't close the brunch place. We would go and eat this huge breakfast of, you know, carbs. And then we'd be like, I'm so tired. I gotta go take a nap. (laughs) That was our life pre-kids. Anyway, I would let him sleep in on a Saturday morning with little kids. And I probably had this little unwritten expectation in the back of my head that said, okay, then he's going to give me a break on Sunday. Maybe I'll get to take a nap or I can go work out or something like that. And then it didn't happen. And so by Sunday evening, I'd be grumpy. Yes. And so I'd have to stop and go, why am I grumpy? What happened? Do I have any reason to be grumpy? Mm -hmm. And so I'd have to really dig down. So it's taken me a long time to kind of get to a level of really being able to identify them. Yeah. So then once you identify your expectation, I think the next thing is to decide, is it that big of a deal? Like, does it need to be dealt with? Or is it like, oh, in my case, Maybe that was an unrealistic expectation because I never said to him, hey, I would like to have some time today. I was somehow expecting for him to read my mind or just intuit my needs. And that is not going to happen. So was that a fair expectation? Probably not. So maybe it's something I can deal with on my own. Or it might be something that you go and say, hey, I should have talked about this. So then you can go to your spouse and say, hey, you know, I realize now (laughs) that this happened and I actually had an expectation that it would go this way and it didn't. And so that left me feeling blank. So what can we do to change it? I think lots of times if we're in healthy, mature places, we want to help our spouse, right? So if we are approached in a gentle, non-confrontative way where someone is saying, hey, this is how I feel about the situation, we would want to step up and say, well, I want to change that. Now that I know that that's what you want for Mother's Day, I will get it for you, you know, whatever it might be. So checking your motives You know, why are you doing what you're doing, your expectations, what you think you're going to get out of it, and then being able to deal with it. You know, again, you might need to just grieve even a little and say, hey, my expectation here is not real. It's this person is not going to be able to do like maybe my expectation is that they would read my mind. You know, my best friend can read my mind. Why can't my spouse read my Mm -hmm. mind? That's not a fair thing. So you can say, okay. Let's live in reality, though. And so that way we can choose this person. We can continue to have a healthy relationship and cut that resentment right out so that it doesn't have a chance to fester. Yes, that goes in perfectly, perfectly to my last one. Just a slightly different perspective on the same idea, because we got to stay realistic. So my last don't is don't create your own fanfic. (laughs) (laughs) 
for who your partner should be or how marriage should be. Now, you all know I enjoy fanfic. Fan fiction, for those of you who aren't familiar, is when a writer will, or an artist, I suppose, will take characters who really exist in some kind of, you know, TV show or book series or whatever. They take those characters and they spin new realities for them and make this whole alternate reality. And I think sometimes I, first of all, I'm saying don't create your own fanfic because first of all, I love to read fanfic. But secondly, I can do this so easily. I can start to create in my mind who I think Kyle should be and how he should show up in a situation or how marriage should be. And this is where I personally, I'm not saying everyone's like this. This is where I personally get into trouble if I start focusing on a lot of like marriage advice stuff. Yes. It's like I can't filter it and like take it in a healthy way. I just start daydreaming of what like our marriage could be like if Kyle was like this. We could go and do these things. Before I know it, I've created this alternate reality for our marriage or for my husband, Mm -hmm. which I would be deeply offended if he (laughs) created an alternate reality where I was someone different. But, you know, I'll create this whole different construct in my mind. And that's going to set things up for trouble and for problems. And so my do here is to do embrace reality, like really embrace it. And this came to mind to me specifically recently. Last month, I went to Los Angeles to visit our friend Laura and and Jamie Golden was out there and we spoke on a panel at Mom 2.0 about podcasting. And on the plane ride home, I got on a plane in Burbank and was flying to Denver. And I sat next to a man who's a couple of years younger than me. He also doesn't like to fly like I don't like to fly. Mm -hmm. He remedies that by immediately starting to drink a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not talking about a glass of white wine. I mean, there was a lot of booze flowing through our area. Anyway, he's a few years younger than me, had not married, but was in a relationship, about a year relationship with a woman and was starting to think about marriage. Like, am I the kind of person who can get married? And he was telling me that they recently had spent the weekend together, he and his girlfriend in Las Vegas, just went for a fun trip. And this was a long distance relationship. That's a big key to the story. They have a long distance relationship and that they had spent the weekend together. And he realized, like he came to the horrifying realization that she's the kind of person who doesn't put the lid back on the toothpaste. And it like really stopped him in his tracks. Like, I don't like, could we get married? I don't know. Is this going to work? She didn't put the lid on the toothpaste. And so we were talking because he was, you know, kind of amazed that I had been married for almost 20 years. And we started talking about these little things like you and I have been talking about some of the bigger things of life. Right. But a lot of marriage is in the details. It's in the toothpaste tube and it's in the socks make it to the dirty clothes. Are they on the floor by the side of the bed? As I was talking to this man on the plane, I said out loud and I was like, I didn't realize that I believe this, but I do believe it. It's actually really true that it's unreasonable to expect to live an annoyance free life. Mm, yes. All of life is going to have some annoyances. I think that in our current moment in culture, we can opt out of so many things. You can unsubscribe, you can unfriend, you can deactivate, you can carve out a life for yourself where you can really keep your annoyances to a minimum. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I think that with the influx of stuff that comes into our lives, it's good that we can opt out of some things for sure. But when we start to take that perspective that if something's annoying, that it's not worth the trade-off of the bigger picture things, that's where, again, we can kind of get into trouble, especially in your day-to-day life, the details of your day-to-day life. You're going to be annoyed. I do things that annoy Kyle every single day, and he does things that annoy me. And I think part of the big picture of marriage is that 
you kind of learn to just go, okay, this is reality. This is not a fanfic. This is not something where I can create this whole different construct and everything plays out the way I want it to. This is the reality of living and sharing life with another human being on this planet. And there becomes this sort of discipline of living out life in the daily over a long stretch of time that can be what marriage looks like. And I think that that's what we have experienced. I feel like in our marriage and Kelly, I think you and Corey, you know, the big story of your marriage could also testify to that, that there's a lot of just like, we just got to choose to live in the reality here. Right. And not just the reality, but also I loved what you said about the everyday, because I think sometimes, well, you know, it's not a bad thing to look forward to those big adventures, the big trips, the big anniversaries. But at the same time, I feel like the older I get and the more seasoned we get in our marriage, the more I realize that it is the everyday that is the sweetest. So in some odd way, those little annoyances start to become a part of the fabric of your life. Yes. That makes the fabric of your life. Yes, absolutely. Right? So not that it would be a bad thing if somebody learned to put the lid on the toothpaste, but it's one of those things that it maybe doesn't annoy you as much anymore because it is just part of your reality. So I was thinking of Goodwill Hunting, actually, while you were talking, because do you remember when the character that Robin Williams played, he was talking about his wife at one point to Matt Damon, and he was remembering her. And he said, what I really miss about her are her farts. Do you remember that? Or he said farts because he's from Boston. He's like, I miss her farts. And he was like, no, shut up. You know, like, I can't believe that because they were talking about relationship and what it takes to risk. And that was kind of the message that I took away from that was he was saying, look, dude, all the unique quirks, maybe annoying things that your partner does eventually they kind of become the most endearing because it's what makes them them. So these little things, all these little habits that you have, and maybe they're annoying or maybe they're just there that you just don't understand, they become your reality. They become your actual real life and it becomes very precious. And so, yeah, you're right. You can't expect to say, oh, well, I'll just, again, I think sometimes we just, we want it to be perfect, right? Well, perfect for us. Real life isn't perfect. Yeah. Even if we don't want it to be like perfectionist perfect, we want it to just be the way we want it to be. Right. It's just very human. Right. But that's not how real life works, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not how real life works. And I think that that is one of the most amazing things about the whole idea of marriage is that it's two humans who are very flawed, who are coming together and committing to a lifetime of togetherness in all that entails. And, you know, it's the sort of collision of two people's humanity. And that over time, like you said, where there was once a collision, it is more of just like a weaving together. I think that's really what it is at the end of the day. Okay. Well, like I said, this is just barely scratching the surface for Kelly and I when it comes to marriage talk and one of the few times that we have talked about it. You know, we didn't cover a pretty big aspect of marriage, which is the intimate life of marriage. We haven't covered that on our Friday episodes, but if you are one of our listener supporters, we have done two, not just one. Kelly and I have sat down twice to talk about the intimate life of marriage. And if you are a listener supporter, you have access to both of those episodes. And if you're not, please do become one because that's where we get into some real nitty gritty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you thought this was real, go over there. And I just like how you're using the word intimate, a.k.a. sex. You can say it. We talked about sex a lot. Anyway, become a listener supporter. We'll leave a link in the show notes to help you remember how to do that. It's sort of awesome show dot com slash support and you will have access to those and all of our other various and sundry extra episodes that we 
didn't want to put out there for the public to consume on Fridays. You can find all of that in show notes for this episode. So you guys might have some thoughts on marriage too. It's a topic that tends to bring out the opinions and the ideas and all of those things. So if you'd like to find us on social media for some follow-up conversation, of course, you can find us in our Hangout group. But Kelly, remind us where we can find you all around the web. I'm at Kelly at Lovewell on Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash lovewellblog. Okay, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find this show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And don't forget, you can find us any old time over on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer, and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer, and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.